everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Almost, babe, almost. Fucking told you Sarah Lynn was a yank. Oh, you were right. Yeah, because I remember her. As usual. I remember. Oh, yeah, I'm always right. You were right. Oh, this is annoying. Okay, right, we're done. We're good. How are you enjoying the heat wave, Emma? Do you know what? It's perfect in Scotland because it's at, like, it's maybe 23, 22, 23. I love it. I love it. I'm fine with it. I told you, everyone messages me every day. Oh my God, it's 32 here. I didn't realize that. They didn't, they didn't wow. even register with me. Everyone texts me like, oh my God, you're pregnant in the heat. How are you finding this heat? And I'm like, fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I can't believe it's 32 degrees. Completely went over my head. I did not know that was the temp today. That's, that is crazy. Oh, global warming. <laughs> the new normal yeah. <laughs> please stop saying shit like that i am not friendly um okay i really i don't have any admin really or anything to say <laughs> i don't know if i do have that much to say yeah should we just get some questions yeah um, unless you want to talk about the cardio thing oh yeah i yeah so i'm just writing so Dr. Bill Campbell, who I think a few of you follow, because I see you like his posts as well on Instagram, he um, heads up the research lab at USF. And he's um, probably one of the most prominent physique science um, scientists out there right now. Um, and I had him on the podcast. If you haven't listened to my episode with him, do, because he's brilliant. Um, and he is starting, I kind of wish we'd had this idea first, Emma. <laughs> He's starting a monthly research review where he takes one landmark study, which basically means like one kind of um, significant old um, referred to study and one new study, some of which are his, some of which are other people's, um, all physique science based uh, once a month, every every month. And he breaks them down into layman's terms and then he gets coaches from all over. Emma, I'm going to tell him about you. Um, he gets coaches from all over, two coaches per study to say how they would implement um, certain things for their clients. So it's real research and application, which is what Emma and I do. Um, and I, he asked me ages ago if I would contribute. And I said, yeah, and I kind of thought we'd forgotten about it, but it's ready now. Um, so he sent me two studies. Um, one of them is on effective fat loss um, via a, a deficit from um calories in only so that's one group that's the diet group um and they're putting a 500 calorie deficit um per day or cardio only so they're putting a 500 calorie deficit by a cardio only for uh per day um and it's an old old study i think it was 2020 so it's 22 years old um and it's his favorite and i can see why because a lot of the 2020 2020 so it's 22 years old 
No, sorry, tw- sorry, God, shit, sorry. It's all the twos and the thousands and the zeros. Because I was like, normally I get this stuff wrong. Sorry, twos, yeah, numbers. <laughs> We're so good with numbers. And it's like 12,000 calories a day. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, why are all our clients putting on weight? I can't understand. <laughs> this is super low, guys. <laughs> 12,000 calories is too low. 1,200, Emma, 1,200. <laughs> Uh, this is me twos and zeros and me whatever uh, sorry 2000 so 22 years old um and he he basically says the reason why this there's so many studies on um a deficit via uh intake versus expenditure and none of them are actually really that accurate or or uh, equated because a lot of them don't actually they just kind of look at you know, we'll put what we'll, you do cardio every day, we'll put you on a diet, they don't equate the calories in. they don't spend a period of time monitoring every subject's maintenance and getting a good idea of what that is per uh, participant. Um, but this is a very well controlled study where all of that was done, they spent six weeks at maintenance beforehand, all calories were equated for per uh, group and per participant. Um, and but like everything not everything now because obviously now it's changing but certainly and emma will attest to this you know in the years past it's always done on an obesogenic population so it's really hard to apply it i mean it's still human which is better than rats but it's really hard to apply it to like what we do um because these aren't resistance trained individuals with a high protein intake and that does change everything like it changes everything um and and so it's tough but what it showed was, and it's not that surprising, was that the cardio only group that were in a deficit by a cardio only lost that both both groups lost the same amount of weight, but the cardio only group lost a lot more body fat and retained a lot more muscle mass than the diet only group. So they basically did better re-physique, which is pretty obvious when you think about it because they were exercising. So they were using muscle mass um, and they were they were basically retaining um, kind of uh, lean mass uh, RMR kind of levels, which is fantastic. And it makes the study brilliant because it goes to show these days where everyone's like, you shouldn't, ha- you shouldn't be worried about exercise for burning calories, which is true to an extent. And this is what I put in my assessment of it and how I would implement cardio for clients in a fat loss phase. Um, it is true to an extent. You shouldn't do that. But you know, added added activity of any kind is still going to help increase a deficit. It's as relevant to some clients, not all, but to some clients um, who, as as a, a deficit is via food intake. Um, so that was the first one. And the second one is on diet breaks. On which- that point, before we move on from that, I think this, you've made a really good point there that like it depends on the population. And the yeah. issue here is, there are, I would say, probably most of our clients that might not be very applicable to because you're already so active that if you're thinking, oh, I'll just add even more activity to the high levels of activity that I'm already doing, your hunger levels are going to shoot up and it's going to be really hard for you to stick to a deficit. If you're someone who's very overweight, firstly, like we've not even spoken about this, but just being active, like more active than you were if you were sedentary before, even if you didn't lose any weight from that does the world of good for your health. So if you're thinking, how do I want to create my deficit via nutrition or via activity? Like I would always sway towards activity in someone who is sedentary and very overweight. 
the other thing here is like you would never as a good coach do one or the other you do a mix of both right but like in obviously that we're looking at extremes here to kind of prove a point um but yeah I think that the application depending on what population you're looking at is so so important because you know if you're starting pretty overweight and and increasing your expenditure you can still eat like a lot of calories because there's a a large uh, mass there if you're already on low calories and you start ramping up your expenditure and you're quite a petite person, like it's a completely different situation at one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum and the same methods won't work for the same people. And this is where coaching comes in, right? This is why we, we don't just give like blanket recommendations to everyone. We're like, okay, we might need to adapt that for you given this situation that you're in now or given the body that you're in now. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I mean, if I, if first I address the whole, um, you know, it should all be about diet, shouldn't be about um, cardio, or even um, steps, things like that. And that's kind of how I address it. it's only 500 words. And then yeah, exactly what Emma said, I said, there are a number, uh, I won't read it all, don't worry, of considerations to take into account as a coach. Here's an example of a few of them. One is how time poor is the client. So if, if the client is a full time working mum, who's already getting to the gym three to five days a week, already hitting a health target re-neat, the last thing, and and, and struggling because she's a full-time working mom, the last thing you want to do is start piling on cardio time per week. So that's where someone would probably benefit more from a reduction in calories in. Um, what's their client's history of food restriction, dieting, where are they at psychologically around food? You know, if they're more than happy to add half an hour, 60 minutes, an hour and a half of cardio per week, um, and that's not going to do them that like any damage at all versus reducing calories by a couple of hundred, you're going to go with with the former. Um, how easy going is the client either which way? You know, I say we all have these really rare clients who just do what you tell them to do. Normally they come from a sporting background, a competitive background, a um, military background. I know one of my one-to-one clients who obviously I've stopped now, but he just did everything I said because he was in the military and I was like, oh, okay, this is rare. Um, in which case you put it to them. What, you know, if you want to increase your deficit, you've got a few options. Here are your options. What would you like to do? And you let the client decide, you know, you don't have to make that call for them. How hard does the client train? Is the client doing something like CrossFit? In which case they've got a little bit of body fat to lose, adding in some cardio. No, it's going to impact their performance, their recovery. Um, They're likely going to find that their hunger increases. So, you know, you don't really want to add cardio. You want to give a little bit more of a deficit. And then things like, as Emma will again attest to, we have a really um, significant body of anecdotal evidence now that clients who go health for leather re-cardio struggle with hunger and it doesn't happen to every client so I don't want you to hear that and be like oh, that's me I mean it might not be some clients are fine but it does happen so you have to consider there's so many things and it all comes down to the client and that's what makes you hopefully a good coach you know agreed okay, okay. I just have you got questions up I, I'm about to thank you very much wait did you did you print them out or is that something else? Yeah, I print everything out. I can't, I can't read long form content on the computer. Nah. Okay. Ah, I know it's so bad for the environment, but I recycle. So is it? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. Uh, ACM June, there she is. There she is. There she blows. <laughs> Lol, do we have anything on the live? We've just got uh, a couple of people saying hi, but no questions as yet. 
I love um okay right so here we are finally here <sighs> okay Emma what are your thoughts on glue on the glucose goddess should we be monitoring our glucose levels or eating in a certain way to avoid glucose spikes no and no Emma speak <laughs> no and also no um she's a very intelligent woman right and I think it's hard because she has authority bias and that she's got a PhD and she's a doctor and she works in this field the issue with it is and we already know this it's really interesting research but different people respond differently to the same food in terms of glucose response like and actually quite wildly differently so like Chloe and I might eat the same piece of white bread and she might have a much higher glucose response than I do or vice versa and it's not like, I mean, there are elements of that to do with insulin sensitivity, but it also just seems that some people metabolize food in slightly different ways. Mm. Now, from that, people are kind of extrapolating that to mean that we should be having these diets that are specific to the way that we break down sugars, essentially. And there's no evidence to suggest that you need to do that. Like the same things work for fat loss, right? Being in a deficit. There isn't yet proof that someone who has a higher blood glucose response to white bread, for example, there's no uh, evidence that that then means that they are going to be more hungry, which again is like another claim. So if you're like, if you respond strongly to these types of foods, then you should avoid them because that will spike your hunger. There isn't really evidence to prove that either. And I think this is a great example of just, just because we can now measure more and more and more things, which is interesting from a scientific lab-based scenario with scientists who know how to apply that information or not apply that information. I mean, we've just spoken about how that study might, is probably not applicable to many of our clients. It may be to some, but not all. And that actually all science is the same as that. Like you have to look at the population that it is or isn't applicable to. Yeah. And a lot of the time, like tracking this kind of data, people don't know what to do with that data. And high blood glucose levels after a meal are not bad. Like that is what's meant to happen. And then they go back down again if you have, you know, a working glucose system and you can metabolize that. Like in, essentially, unless you're not uh, on the spectrum of diabetes, like pre-diabetic, type 2 diabetic or type 1 diabetic. Pancreas and your cells are all good. You're sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're healthy, fit, lean, like you do not need to worry about these things. And the same kind of issues are coming up around sleep. Like someone asked me how I tracked my steps the other day. So I screenshotted my phone on the health app and it said I'd slept for like 1.2 hours or something last night. And I was like, I was in bed for like eight hours. This stuff isn't necessarily accurate. And the issue with it is, is that it leads to this self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh shit, said I only had an hour and a half sleep last night. I know now from all this like chat around sleep that that means I'm going to be more hungry today or that means I'm going to be tired today or that means I won't perform as well today and your expectations of how you're going to perform or how you're going to feel come to fruition like that's proven and I think the same kind of issues not just the fact that if you tell someone they will be hungrier because their glucose has spiked more they will legitimately be but also this is a real like a precursor in my opinion to like disordered relationships with food like if you're so obsessing over everything imagine going for dinner and being like sorry I can't have this this and this because of my blood glucose diet or whatever 
I don't like, it's not something that I would recommend to any of my clients unless they were diabetic, in which case they would be doing it anyway. Yeah. And the other point I was going to make about that is that I think like nobody really knows how to, well, people do know, but it's mostly misinterpreted information mm-hmm. and kind of blanket statements about this is good, this is bad. There are certain things that I actually quite like that she suggests but not for the reasons that she does Mm -hmm. so things like having your veg and protein first and then your carbs later like in your I don't mean like later as in delay time but like eating them first on your plate and that's purely because you're gonna fill up on the, the the veg and the protein and then yeah you can still have some carbs but you're much more likely to eat them slower, enjoy them and not mostly not overeat them because you've already consumed veg and protein, which means you're less likely to then overeat. So things like that, I'm like, yeah, that's practically quite a good tip, but probably not for the reasons that she's suggesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have nothing to add at all. I mean, that look, I say this all the time and I've said it on Instagram and I say it here, like there are definitely reasons why, you know, let's put diabetes aside. Um, there are definitely reasons why I might suggest the client go lower carb for a period of time. Um, but it's not something which anybody A, has to do. I mean, we talk about, we've talked about this so many times. When you look at an equated four calorie deficit in, an indiv- in, in two separate diet groups, diet groups, um, where protein and calories for that individual, for their kind of metrics, um, is, is all equated for, it doesn't matter if you go higher carb, lower fat, or lower, uh, lower carb, higher fat. Um, in terms of insulin sensitivity and effective fat loss, the results are the same. Um, but I would still, there are still times and places, and there's a lot of my one-to-one clients who've come over to EC now who will, who will probably know this already. Well, I'll be like, yeah, okay, look, why don't we just try and actually, you actually have a lot of starchy carbs in your diet. Why don't we pull that in and change that a bit? Um, but it's not something that anybody who doesn't have a metabolic kind of disease or disorder needs to worry about. Um, and I agree with Emma. I think it's encouraging this food fear and it is sad when it's not sad. That's that's really patronizing. That's I, I take that back. It is. I don't know. It it feels a little bit frustrating when people who are so well qualified, so intelligent, and so progressive in their field, sometimes go down these paths. Because Emma and I coach women successfully, like all day, every day, and we see it get so out of hand when it never needed to in the first place. And then it is really hard to know who to trust, right? Because if you come to her page and she's like, I've got a PhD, I'm a doctor, and blah, blah, blah. And then you come to us and we're like, we're personal trainers. Like, it, hmm. I would believe the doctor, I initially, would. at least. And <laughs> unless, then I would like, and this is quite a good tool, I guess, is to like start questioning those things. Mm-hmm. And if they're like very resistant to your questioning, that's usually a good sign that, they're pretty swayed in, in kind of like one direction um, even like even the best of the best people that emma and i really look up to in our field who are leaders in in our field and incredible coaches who've been doing it for far longer than us like even they and even me like you look at like i'll talk about my first book you know you 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 do go through periods in your career where you you find something that, that really resonates with you and you kind of latch on to it everybody does in different contexts in their life and then after a period of time passes you kind of look back and you're like oh I probably 
probably went a bit too hard with that. It's not it's not really that necessary or relevant. Like, you know, we talk about Lane Norton and BCAAs, for example, you know, and, and I think it, it doesn't matter if you're a PhD or if you work in advertising, you know, at the end of the day, you can get really swept up or, or you're a client on the EC method and you stumble across someone on Instagram. You can get really swept up and interested and taken away with kind of hypotheses that are just that. Their hypotheses they're not oh I would say especially if you've done a PhD on it like when people actually realize what a PhD entails it's being an expert in the most specific area you possibly you could possibly ever think of and Which then like, of course you get swept up in that like yeah. of course you then can't see when I worked in the diabetes research lab they, they like I kept asking like okay so like how would that like we were looking at the effects of Romanoband on muscle cells in aged mice right so so specific to like such a and I was like oh so what would that mean for someone who has diabetes and it was like there was no like oh I don't know like like this 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 would have to all play like there was no direct translation is basically the gist of that yeah and it's because science works in pieces of a puzzle like one study very rarely shows you very much it's all building blocks on each other and then it's like okay given all this that we know mm-hmm. now we'll do a more applicable piece of research and then we'll maybe put it into the like these are now our hypotheses mm-hmm. like based on all of this like mechanistic research mm-hmm. it yeah. is interesting to see but I, I would say especially people who have done a PhD are probably even more likely to see it's exactly what happened to Lane right he did his yeah. PhD on BCAAs mm-hmm. he was so fixated on those metabolic pathways that were being triggered that you're like oh well well then that must translate to this and it's like well they're, they're, like we don't actually have that link yet like there's a theory behind it it makes sense in theory but in practicality like that response has already been saturated so having more BCAAs doesn't make it any better it forces you to cherry pick because that's your speciality and that's the antichrist of science is cherry picking you have to as Emma said you have to look at the research as a whole meta-analyses always and it's really interesting and yeah it's I I can totally see why people get tripped up and stuck and there's that woman I can't even remember her name now all I know is that Emma couldn't pronounce it (laughs) last time I spoke to her about it who has that Sunday Times best-selling book and that and then and then her agent said to you like yeah what my take home from that is that like we should never eat oil and you were like "Mm." yeah (laughs) yeah she did loads of this weird stuff but like I think if you've spent say don't know like by the end of your PhD like four years of your life researching one thing and maybe you've I also don't think book that in it. PhD I think she's just uh, I don't know, I don't know what she anyway is. like you've put so much effort into one very mm-hmm. niche area it's hard to then come away from that okay. but back to low carb I I actually really like low carb and I okay. don't eat carbs before dinner anymore and I think that's because like so the reason I do that and I'm not strict about this I still eat fruit but not starchy carbs before dinner mm-hmm. because I concentrate so much better like yeah. I noticed a bit of a slump after lunch Love. and I was just a bit tired and like wasn't working as well and as soon as I swapped that well actually I wouldn't I would say it took about a week to get used to it and then I was like oh I have so much more energy and concentration in the afternoon yeah and it's, uh, uh, but you know, as I said, guys, the research has shown and has proven that calories equated for, protein equated for, 
insulin sensitivity and fat loss are the same if you go lower carb or higher carb so do remember that but yeah are there people who would prefer to go higher carb lower fat and vice versa yeah and and is it appropriate for different i would never put james on a low carb diet fuck no I do all his nutrition and there's no way in hell that he would be going lower carb. He's higher carb, lower fat always. Um, but it's one of my favorite dieting tools for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything on the live? Yeah. Handice. Hey ladies, what's your view as fitness coaches with mainly women clientele on celebs such as Kim and Khloe Kardashian, who both seem to be teeny tiny right now, but mm. still have their famous Deliers um on being honest about assistance they have received with their bodies oh I know they both promote fitness and healthy diets but do you think that it's their responsibility to be honest if they have I just keep seeing them on the daily mail wondered what your opinions would be thank you I think that okay this is a really this is first of all just my opinion and this is quite a nuanced complex answer I think that um first of all you have to look at <laughs> as someone who is a fan, you have to look at what Khloe Kardashian is going through right now. It makes perfect sense. And this is not the first time it's happened that she's become quite teeny tiny. And she's also- What's she going through? A divorce? No, she's, she was engaged to her boyfriend who had a baby with some other woman. While they were engaged? Yeah, while they were also trying for a baby, it's like oh, whatever. He's oh, whatever. Anyway, what he actually managed to have a bit. How does that? He's what just... the baby it has been born? Mm, yeah, she and the woman that he had her with is suing him for um paternity. So yeah, he's just a fucking. He's like a law unto himself. Of I'm not even going to finish. I nearly said the worst swear word in the world, but I say to Emma all the time, and I nearly said it here, and I was like, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, anyway, this is not the first time that's happened. She's obviously going through a lot. I personally like have like, I like them. I've got nothing against them. They obviously Chloe again is specifically very much into her training and her nutrition. Um, Kim mm, less less so, given some of the stuff that I don't know if any of you have seen her training on keeping up with the Kardashians, but how her bicep curls are like this. <laughs> probably not, but it's a shame because her PT is actually really good. Um, probably not really training properly in how she's like, I'm a vegan until it comes to ice cream. And it's like, you're not really a vegan. <laughs> Kim's a bit of a different one. But I mean, but I think that I think that that's fine if they want to have cosmetic surgery and they also want to be into their nutrition and their health. I'm all for both. Like, why not? Like, and you, and pretty much most women, you know, who we look at on Instagram, like, wow, look at her physique, look at her, she's great, are doing both. Fine. I do agree that if they are going to take money and promote health and fitness to a young, impressionable female audience, then it is important where it wasn't before that they disclose what's achievable and what's not however that being said I have yet to see one of them be like buy my booty build plan that would be a fucking joke instead what I see them doing is like here's thingy protein here's my vitamin gummy in which case whatever like fair play but yes if they were basically accrediting their surgically enhanced body parts 
to their diet or training and getting paid for it, then we have a problem. Before that happens, no, I think they're entitled to be in shape and I think they're entitled to have cosmetic surgery and do both and not speak about either. Um, it's it comes down to false advertising really and that's it and i don't think i don't think that women should be looking at them and like thinking you know well you do this and you've got the neuromit it's like i think that there's something to complain about when like i say false advertising and exchanging money for lies comes into play and i as far as i can tell they're not doing that yet you see it a lot in the fitness industry with people taking steroids yeah and it's comparable with with the wwe there's a reason why none of their athletes... Wait, do. wrestling? Mm -hmm. Like John Cena and stuff. Right. There's a reason why a lot of them are not allowed for, by the WWE contractually to promote certain things in the health and fitness space. And if they do, they get let go because they're assisted athletes. The Federation knows that they're assisted athletes. The Federation is likely helping them to be as healthily assisted as possible. So then to go outside of it and be like, hey guys, I just started my new protein company. That poses a huge problem for the brand and also the ambassador of the brand. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think that's one thing that I very much like about, about them. Yeah, that's very- um, Ethical. Impressive, yeah, yeah. Cause most, like most companies are not like that in the slightest. I and I mean, it happens all the time in fitness. And then yeah. I think, but sometimes I do like really think about this. And I'm like, I don't know what's worse. Cause I don't know, say I had a, I don't know, 16 year old son. And he's like, oh, I really want to get into gym. really want to build muscle, blah, blah, blah. And like the, the person he looked up to was like, I'm going to be totally honest. I take steroids to get here. Like the way I created my physique isn't just hard work. It's steroids and hard work. I wouldn't want people then to think, or like my imaginary son, then to think, right, well, if I want to do that, not only do I need to work hard, but I also need to take steroids as well. So you kind of hope that people would be like, okay, that's unrealistic for me. I'm not going to, I don't know, beat myself up to reach these unrealistic standards. You hope that they would go like that as opposed to, oh, right, well, I still want that. So I'm just going to get surgery as well, or I'm going to take steroids Ever as well. freezing for everyone else, or is it just me? Oh, is, have I frozen? Can you hear me? Is it just me? I don't know. What I, I can see you. Can you not see me? Can't be going alive. Mm. You guys love it when we get left alone. Oh, okay, Kanchan is it, like she says, I am frozen. Oh no, we're left alone. Emma's frozen. She's broke free. Emma? Yeah. I was really into that hypothetical. <laughs> conversation about her son i know i can hear you laughing but it's like intermittent laughter oh why is it interesting oh you're back you're back you're back you're back <coughs> okay right so your hypothetical son latissimus gets told yeah gets told by his <laughs> do you like how i remember everything we say <laughs> gets told by his um you know man crush in the gym that that he takes gear continue from there yeah well I would hope I mean the reason that you want people to be honest about this stuff is that then it stops you like having these unrealistic expectations of yourself and mm -hmm. having negative body image and beating yourself up to try and reach these like unobtainable standards that's what you would hope 
But I worry that the opposite would happen, which would be that Littlesmith would then be like, oh, I'll just also take steroids if I want to get that big. Or like Latissimai, my imaginary daughter, <laughs> might be like, do you know what? I'm going to get bum surgery because Kim Kardashian did. And I want that bum. So I don't know. Like, I think there's two sides to the honesty. It is, it is true. Like, I don't want you to do what I do. So I'm just going to not talk on that. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I do think, though, that there's a lot of hate towards female celebrities, and especially the Kardashians. And Candice, I'm not saying this is you, but especially the Kardashians. Um, when really they've been built up by the market, by the audience to become what they've become. And then once they're up there, everyone's really angry at them for being up there and everything that they do. And I just think there's got to be a level of humanity and understanding of this kind of celebrity culture that we've all bought into and we've all endorsed, every single one of us, every time. The fact that you're even going on the dailymailonline.com, that sidebar of shame, that's you buying into celebrity culture. To then turn around and be like, you're doing a bad job, you're doing, and again, Candice, I'm not saying this is just you. This is just a, a, an example. You're doing a bad job, you're doing a bad job, you're the, you're the, it's deeply unfair and it, they're not the people to be pointing your finger at they're just not it, they were they they went for something they they achieved it they got put in a position um and you have to be you have to remember that at the end of the day they're still human beings they're still people and you know everyone's had a large hand myself included in building them up to be where they are so then to turn against them is is a very ugly side of humanity try and be again candice not directed at you but just every woman and a lot of everyone on the easy method is fucking fantastic and likely doesn't need to hear this but try and be forgiving and you know understanding of, of women who are in in the spotlight because that's a lot of pressure and it can go really really horribly wrong as we all know yeah and also a lot of them haven't been i mean i would say the kardashians are probably an exception here but like a lot of people haven't been haven't asked to be put in that limelight yeah and yet they are and then or, or haven't been asked to be like role models like I never wanted to be a role model I just wanted to sing these songs like and now everyone has comments on every single thing that I do mm -hmm. that would be hard also there's nothing wrong again we always say with being demonstrative with being a performer with being a peacock you know we all know them you know, many of us love them. We have them in our married one, my dad's one. You know, you have to allow, you have to live and let live. The reason why like, I have grown out of my old friends, who I still love and see, but my school friends, and I have a new group of friends now that I adore and just am obsessed with, is because everyone just lets each other be. Like, there's no bitchiness, there's no issues with anything. It's like, you do you, it's fine. Like. And it's a lovely, lovely environment to be in. Love that. Okay, Lee. Hello, a quick question. Heatwave, can't be asked to cook. Is it okay to have two protein shakes a day? Thank you. Yeah, um, I don't mind if you have two protein shakes a day, but maybe like figure out something cold that you can eat, like a salad. <laughs> yeah, and like make sure you, you're having like some veg with that or something. I get that people are like, I don't really want to cook like a chicken breast or something like that, but... Yeah, now and again, it's fine. I wouldn't rely on it all the time. Amanda, hey ladies, thank you for everything so far. Any tips for getting steps in in this heat um, or an alternative to this? It's uncomfortably hot and the thought of going outside 
fire and even inside <laughs> my sleep is also struggling too okay get a fan number one not someone to stand there and clap for everything you do <laughs> that was for emma that was an emma joke that was a climate joke um get a fan turn it on so you can sleep a it'll just keep cool air and the window open now this is what i found pro tip when you can hear because i live in london well i'm staying in london till i officially live in london um when you can hear the traffic outside the noise from the fan drowns it out so you're sweet and you get the cold air circulating in your sleep better so everybody go buy a fan you can literally get them from any shop for like a tenner and then the second thing is you know what i've not i walked bertie twice today in 32 apparently degree heat and i'm mega pregnant and i was fine so I'm not struggling with it. Emma, what, what do you think about walking in the heat? Get those Evian sprays. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally fine with it. I did walk with my friends today. Bear in mind in Scotland, it's only 23 degrees. And she was like, I can't do it. <laughs> like, so she got really burnt yesterday as well. And that'll also be why her, her temperature. Yeah, her burn is probably. So anyway, make sure you don't get burnt. I would suggest if possible, go for a big walk in the morning or in the evening because it's going to be much cooler. And then just try and avoid like middle of the day heat. Yeah, I think early morning, maybe after a shower with wet hair, um, as minimal clothing as possible. I mean, I was literally, I'm walking around Hampstead Heath in like a sports bra with my mega pregnant belly and hot pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope the Daily Mail catch that as well. No, because I keep thinking they're going to get me at some point. The photos are going to be like the kind of photos that make me want to jump off a bridge. And I know I'm still going to keep doing it. <laughs> because I can't be bothered to change my ways uh, I think it's a great look did you see the photos of me and James with the skip no where are they we just look like hobgoblins that live in a skip <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how anyway whatever <laughs> let's carry on right okay Anna Losing the plot here and trying to work still instead of glucose response in the question I heard Blue Coast Goddess. Oh. <laughs> um, Blue Coast Goddess. Okay, two questions from Kanchan. My nutrition studies are teaching working our clients BMR as an hourly rate. I've never heard this. Is it more to drive the equation thought process home to us as students or is it actually real and we've just used online calculators who do the work for us? Hold on. My nutrition studies are teaching working our clients, our client BMR as an hourly rate. Yeah, some people do look at BMR as an hourly rate. It's not overly useful because people don't really, but then you can, I guess, more simply quantify like what people are doing in those periods of time. So you're, well, actually, I don't really know why you would do that now that I'm thinking of it, because BMR would be like, so you should yeah. be at rest. Probably just, huh? Yeah, baseline. And the thing, yeah, be resting metabolic rate essentially. Yeah, and the things that would affect it wouldn't be reflective of an hour to hour. That's when you start to come into neat or eat or like activity. Um, uh, the things that would affect it would take. We talk about like muscle mass, for example. You would have to be sedentary for a period of. Well, we've talked about this before. Talking comatose days. We're talking like, you know, you can't really be that active weeks to even then see it take a dip. 
So, yeah, I would say the only reason that you might be doing this is because things like your Fitbit or something will account for, say you do an hour of exercise and your Fitbit says you've burned, I don't know, 300 calories, 400 calories. A percentage of that will be your basal metabolic rate. Hmm. So I guess in that sense, like if you're doing an hour of exercise, well, actually some of those calories you're using just staying alive, like you burn calories an hour, even if you're not moving. It doesn't make sense because it's a metric. It doesn't move it on an hour to hour basis anyway. So no, I'm, I don't. I'm yeah, sorry. I don't unless, really know. Unless we're getting confused with TDAE and BMR, which a lot of people do just lump the two together. And it's like, no, that would be total daily energy expansion. Yeah. You wouldn't look at it at an hourly rate. Wouldn't, but a lot of people will refer to like TDEE as BMR. It's like a, I've noticed, I've seen it happen before. And I'm like, no, those are two different. BMR is, a, is one calculation within a TDE. Do you think some people do that on purpose? Yeah. Actually. I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is, it's one of the most common mistakes I see, but they're, they're like, oh yeah, my calorie calculator came out saying I should only eat a thousand calories. I'm like, that's your basal metabolic rate. And it quite clearly says in bold, like basal metabolic rate, total daily energy expenditure as two separate things. But I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, this is my, I should be eating this. I've actually yeah, well, I need to take I need to take 500 calories off like my 1000 calorie BMR and I'm like what you don't know I this one at UC method when we used to do the files do you remember people yeah and we, we kept putting in bold like kept, we kept me, yeah why are you telling people like to the, their BMR is like what they should be dieting on I'm like I'm not it says in big red bowl now we need to account for your TDE there's pages after it yeah, yeah but people just stop at the first I think that's what happens on calorie calculators as well people just stop at that first number and you're people like whoa no like we live in an instant gratification generation. So people read in like one page and they're like, hey, this is enough. I got it now. Like yeah. me- I've read the book now. <laughs> yeah. This is me with instruction manuals and changes. Like you haven't finished it. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I don't get it. <laughs> okay. So she said, second question for Coco. That oh, right. I was like, what? Okay. If you have time, shall we quote, quote, celebrate you going off maternity and have a Zoom party? Oh I mean, God. has anyone had enough of Zoom parties? <laughs> I think not. Are you, uh, are, you are allowed to cringe and say no if you don't want to fuss? Um, are Zoom parties fun when you're not drinking? Because that's really the question. I mean, were they that fun? At, like, now that we can actually have real parties? When I was binge drinking in the first lockdown, yes. The answer is they were super fun. <laughs> um <laughs> well I mean I don't mind I'm a, I'm up for the discussion but you know what can't I am glad that you brought up because Emma and I have wanted to bring this up for a few days now I am getting very close in case you couldn't tell um I'm getting very close and so um that I'm gonna keep trying to go until the big day hell um until hell um I am gonna keep going trying to go until then but the more pregnant I get with you know the iron stuff and some other bits there just might come a time where I'm not on alive um and it's okay I know you're all gonna really struggle and lose sleep over it but it'll be okay I'll be back I just wanted to flag that now it's okay you'll have me <laughs> yeah you'll have Emma's not going anywhere <laughs> Well, she is actually. She's going to London this weekend. I am. Okay. Um, hi. Could I be messing up my calories and ending up at maintenance more than a deficit by eyeballing slash guesstimating things like fruit, 
and veg incorrectly and tracking them as less than they are. I pretty much have a mix of strawberries, blueberries and raspberries with 0% Greek yogurt for breakfast every day and a salad for lunch. I make sure to record the correct weight of whatever protein, etc., is in, but I don't often weigh the fruit and the salad ingredients. Am I being obsessive worrying about this or is it something that could be adding significant calories? No, it couldn't oh, be. Like, could I mean, be. you've also picked like the lowest calorie fruits. Yeah. So I, you'll be, I mean, you'd have to, you'll probably go bankrupt before you overeat blueberries. This is what I was going to say. Um, veg, again, like non-starchy veg. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry, I, my brain stopped from... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, no. Um, fruit is in berries, no guesstimating is absolutely fine um but then you know and then if we start to come into like different types of veg or we start to come into like different kinds of fruit if you're having some like mega tropical fruit salad loaded maybe but not yeah like caramelized fruit or like chips and saying they're potatoes so they're vegetables then yeah maybe but what you're doing is absolutely fine I wouldn't worry Uh, about it yeah um a lot of people just saying that I'm frozen, but it's on a cute face. So that's great. You do have a cute face. Uh, okay, Sarah Lynn. I shared in the group about my friend who always talks negatively about her body. Unpromoted, she messaged me privately and is thinking about coming away from dieting to heal her relationship with her body and food. I'm sharing Amelia's content with her. So I'm glad I had someone to point her to. Just grateful for all the feedback in the group. It's a balance between respecting that she's on her own journey and prioritizing my own mental health. Yeah, I think this is really common. So what she was talking about was um, someone like being, I guess like self-deprecating, but I think people don't realize when they're self-deprecating around other people, it impacts them. Like, and I think some fitness girls are are particularly bad for this. Like if I walk into a room and I'm like, oh God, I'm such a bloated whale at the moment. And there's someone in the room that's like significantly larger than me. Like, how do you think they, feel about that and I know I'm talking about myself Mm. but you have to realize that that impacts other people and 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 what I said to Sarah was like maybe you can mention that to her in a very like kind way in a closed environment and just because I know that I would want to know if I was negatively impacting other people and I would say it was only maybe like five years ago that I probably would have even thought about that like it would have never crossed my mind that me talking negatively about myself would negatively impact other people and once you know it it's so obvious like of course it would if you're saying that about yourself and someone else is bigger than you then that is probably or they'll be thinking well what does she think of me if she says that she's big and she's tiny or she's smaller than I am so I think awareness is important and actually people might not be aware that the way they speak about themselves impacts others as well yeah, I read this thread between her and you and I didn't comment on it because I thought it was just you said everything that, we, that needed to be said and Sarah Lynn said everything that needed to be said as well. Um, yeah, I think um, it. I remember when it, when it, when it, when it ha- I realised that the penny dropped with me which maybe like a couple years into my relationship with Jane. So yeah, like six, six years ago. And I think, I don't know, we'd just gone from one holiday to like in in Ibiza to a wedding in Spain or whatever. And everyone was like, oh my God, you look amazing. And I was like, no, I've gained so much weight. I've been like a big fat bit, you know. 
and it was James who said to me like you sound like an idiot like you really you 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 quite clearly train and take care of your body and you're in really good shape when you say that to people you look like a dick and it also makes you look like you're judging other people on how they look so you need to fucking wind your neck in and I was like oh my god you're completely right but yeah sometimes we say things we, we you know I was was it you Emma or was it someone else I was laughing at like kind of stuff we used to say as teenagers I would be like no it was my friend Jay we'll be like oh that's so gay and like you you realize it and you you correct yourself you but sometimes you do have to have someone be like hey, listen, when you do that, like, I love you to pieces, you're the best. I know you don't really mean it, but this is how it's coming across. And that's how people learn and they grow. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you spoke to her about it, Sarah Lynn. And yeah, it's someone like Amelia is definitely the right person to direct her to if, um, if she's going through something like that. Agreed. Okay, Lucy, question. In this hot weather, if we don't hit calories, but hit protein with the other food targets, is this okay? Yeah, I think a lot of people experience reduced hunger in the heat. And honestly, I mean, there's a there's a line here. But if fat loss is your goal and you're fueling yourself and you're genuinely not hungry mm. and I'm going to add to that and you're within like 20 percent of your calories, fine. Like there's absolutely no point force feeding yourself when you're trying to create a deficit anyway. Where this does become a problem is if you do you know you, you you've had a thousand calories that day and then you're like oh I'm not really that hungry and then that actually the next day you massively overeat or maybe it's three days later that you end up overeating it does usually catch up with you if you're like a couple hundred calories under and you're not hungry that's absolutely fine I agree I would say keep keep an eye on it you don't force feed yourself especially if you're in fat loss and you're getting in the nutrients that you need and you're happy Keep an eye on it. Maybe keep a log of like roughly-ish what you're kind of emitting day to day. And then if you find that you have a day where it does catch up with you and you are hungry, you can add 500 calories to your day and manage to stay on track within your weekly deficit. So we care about guys is the weekly deficit, not the daily average. Well, to an extent. Don't yeah. Well, we, no, I, I agree with that under the premise that actually your yeah. daily calories can impact your weekly average by making you overeat if you massively overstrike. Yeah. Um, and you're saying take all the time you need before the baby comes. We'll miss you, but relax. Time ahead of the big day is essential. Great tip. Well, I mean, I'm still not moved. We've got I've got we've got moving. We don't finish moving till Sunday something else going on I can't remember what um and then and then I can actually chill how do people take well I'm self-employed I was gonna say how do people take like x amount of weeks I don't even know okay right we're update on the live oh okay my turn motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy Doing one set up hurts, laugh face. I cannot lift myself up at all unless my feet are hooked under the sofa. I had no idea it would be so hard. Is this normal? Have you ever known anyone to not be able to do one sit up? I'm doing the home workouts. I practically have to lift the couch up with my toes because I'm straining so hard. Yes, this is very normal when you first start. Core strength was, wasn't a strength of mine either. Um, I'm absolutely fine for you to kind of cheat sit-ups by having some kind of like weight or whatever resistance on your feet. Like I'm not one of those PTs. It's like, you're cheating. It's fine. 
But what I would say is omit the full sit up and do crunches instead. Um, because A, that's all you need to do anyway. And B, you're going to have a lot better luck with it. And C, you're probably going to engage your core a lot better. So with a crunch, you lie flat like you would in a, in a, in a sit up position. You put your legs together. <laughs> you put your I love that like, <laughs> how many months pregnant are you now? Too fucking many, mate. I told you that guy on Instagram sent me that hateful message. I need to tell you all about that later. <laughs> uh, you put your hands, your palms above your knees and you just crunch up and then slowly come down as slow as you can. You don't need to do the full setup. You probably might need still um, that resistance on your feet, but you'll keep a lot more control in the movement. The movement will be a lot more doable and you'll be engaging your core a lot better. I'm so impressed. <laughs> do you like that tip? anyone listening on the podcast like Chloe's just balancing on a chair basically doing sit-ups at like eight months pregnant the coning is real um yeah so some guy I told you this right messaged me and was like it's like I hate it when you I'm just gonna no I shouldn't say it use the very derogatory word against women who like to sleep around um get get pregnant and then moan about how difficult it is to be pregnant because I have been particularly moaning on Instagram of late <laughs> um and moan about and moan about how difficult it is to be pregnant when you oh, it said rude word should have closed your legs nine months ago p.s your dad's a total insert new rude word that I nearly said earlier and I was like you're a really nice guy <laughs> what like and also imagine taking the time <laughs> to like to to go out of his way to say to you this imagine as a man that that's what makes you angry like what a weird thing to get rubbed off about i say just let yeah, me but don't you think it's a kind of like incel like men who hate women because they think that all of them should want to be with them and then nobody does and then they just hate all women because of it and they, they're like the whole theories behind there being like things wrong with women yeah Who, who's like the kind of leader of that who's the dude that just got like banned from twitter that everyone loves jordan peterson yes he's got angry a angry man he has a lot of followers who are like that and i think you can tell a lot about a person from their followers mm-hmm. you know what i you know what i'm thinking well um, do you know what we've got fucking great followers so we do we do well clearly not with this guy i'm like who are well, you let me complain but yeah but i bet if you click on his profile it's like doesn't even follow you i don't i literally laughed my ass off showed it to james and james said, who the fuck is that i was like oh god mistake mistake backtrack backtrack <laughs> james is insane as well <laughs> i was like delete delete <laughs> Cantan's just saying what a c word he's got mummy issues probably right. Um, okay, should we do one more? One more. Okay. Chrissy again, what is your opinion on adding salt to your meal? I add it on everything. I can I don't just sprinkle it. I really like Chrissy. She makes me laugh. I don't just sprinkle it on out of habit. Oh wait, <laughs> I'm so confused by this question. What is your opinion on adding salt to your meal? I do it with everything, i.e., I don't just sprinkle it on out of habit but I do find that some meals really need it. Oh, I get it. Right, she's saying. <laughs> I thought the next bit was going to be like, I compulsively <laughs> need. Shower that shit in salt. <laughs> oh. It's like a river <laughs> blowing. 
<laughs> it's a really good thing to do. Salt is 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 part of you um, being healthy and hydrated, and we're more than happy. There's there's a handful of people who need to be wary of salt intake, and Chrissy, it doesn't sound like you're one of them. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Okay. 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 We'll see. You, oh, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh shit! Yeah, tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>